Yes, yeah, so as Kev said, we're uh, Ian and Katie and um, missionaries uh, in Macedonia. And uh, it's a real privilege to be able to join you guys this morning. It's just been fabulous to be here, to be honest, and, and join in with, with all that you're doing. Thank you for some fabulous uh, worship uh, this morning. Um, if you've been around the Elim movement long enough, um, which people like Kev have, uh, you'll have probably heard that well-worn phrase, I don't know who said it first, that when it comes to worship, obviously it's for God, but we're allowed a preference, not a prejudice, <laughs> is what they say, and definitely this morning was more at the uh, preference end of the scale for me, so thank you very much for leading us this morning, that was uh, really good. And I know Kev said it takes, you know, a, a special hand of the Lord to go over, but actually, I, during the worship, I was reminded of a conversation that I just had with this lady, actually, earlier on. I'm, I'm really sorry, madam, I didn't catch your name. Pardon? Tracy. And we were talking about mission and outreach, and actually that... Do you know, yes, we are overseas missionaries. Yes, we have had to leave our hometown and take our children into another country where we speak another language and it's a different culture. And I'm not even sure how I feel about that four years on. But we're actually nobody more, we're no more special. We're no more gifted. We're no more important to God than anybody else in the room. And communion that we had together was a fabulous reminder of that. And... We're all called to share the love and the truth of Christ with those around us. And maybe you've lived in the same house since the day you were born. Or maybe you've moved around a lot. Or maybe, a little bit like me, I lived in Warrington for 35 years until we moved to Macedonia. I'd never been anywhere else. You've lived in a few different places. Whatever your circumstances, the call is the same for all of us. And so I just wanted to, I want to lay that out before we share anything else today. You know, and I hope some of the things that we are able to share with you won't just be news of what's going on in Macedonia, but will actually be an encouragement to you guys as you're reaching out to friends, family, work colleagues, neighbours, and, and your community here in Bewbush, which is just a fabulous place to be. We actually said four years ago, four years ago we were here, we were just about to go. I think it was the last time we came to you on a Sunday morning. We were just a couple of weeks off, off departing, and we both left here just going, that was just fabulous Sunday morning and, and actually if we didn't have to go to Macedonia maybe God might call us here but which will be fabulous Kev's going to buy the house and uh, it'll all be good um, so four years ago we stood in front of you and we talked about that we were going to go and we, we I can't honestly remember all the detail of what we shared um, but one thing that we were really clear on was we weren't going to Macedonia to start up a project, but we were going simply with the gospel message and the call to build with whoever was open to that message. And we had so many expectations. We wanted to build communities of, of gospel believers that we raised up from the local community and were going to be sent out and, and you know, people were going to come to Christ and it was going to, you know, we're, we're, in your mind you have this idea of what you hope God will do. And four years on, are we near any of that? No. But we, one thing we have learned a lot, and, and you know you know this, but then you also have to learn it practically, is it's God's mission, not ours. And all we've tried to do for the past four years is do what we think he's asked us to do. And we've tried to share the gospel with as many people as possible, and we haven't had the multitude say, what must I do to be saved? 
but God's done a lot and he's done a lot in our hearts and in the community and I know you want to take over at this point yeah we kind of felt like we should share a little bit of detail about when we first got to Macedonia I think we spoke to some of you since then but not all of you so we might as well do this in front of all of you um we hated Macedonia when we first got there (laughs) I'll be honest I don't feel that way now but we did, and it was a really, really difficult season. It's, it's a really hard ground uh, in Macedonia, and it's like there's this spiritual atmosphere that, that feels oppressive. Um, yeah, I do really love it. I'm not, I'm not really selling it well, but I really, really love it now. But we got there, and I would say it's, the hard, for me, the hardest season that I've ever been in. And we started to see areas of our character that we weren't proud of. I didn't recognize myself anymore as a mum, as a wife, as a friend. Uh, I didn't recognize Ian, but I'll let him say about that. But it was like we just went through this really hard season. And what we realized in that time, you know you know it anyway, like you said before, but it's about the grace of God us being there. There's nothing about us in particular that sells the gospel other than him in us. And it was during that time that we... I I would say experienced more of a feeling of God's grace over our lives because I knew that if I looked at my behavior that day, it's not any way that I could have earned my salvation. And I never believed that I could have earned it, but it was a real reminder of actually I am a sinner. And not just like the the worst, you know, you you kind of have this idea of, yeah, I know I'm a sinner, but it was like God exposed that in us, didn't he? And areas of our character that we thought we were doing okay in, God kind of showed us by stripping away our comforts, by stripping away our friends, our church at home, the things that we depended on, that maybe we depended on more than we should have done in a sense, more than God. It was like he showed us in that that we really, really needed him. And we really needed his grace and we needed his mercy minute by minute at times, wasn't it? So we really felt we should share that because it, we have seen some good things happen in Macedonia yeah. and I think we want to share a little bit about that. But I would say one of the, the big successes, I would say, is what God was doing in our character. And through that hard time, we wouldn't change any of that because we saw him carry us through a really, really difficult season. And we know that seasons that come ahead of us that will be difficult, because we all have them, don't we? We all have challenges that we know from what we've seen in the past that he will carry us through the next season as well. So I don't know if you want to share some actual stories of the work that we've seen or yeah we can so so broadly our work fits into two main sort of streams um that we do so part of it is actually us as a family just reaching our local community and and reaching the area that we live i during the worship i had this did i send the powerpoint to kev moment and clearly i did Either that or he's conveniently made one that's identical to the one that we're going to send. So if I could just show you very briefly this uh, couple of of slides, actually. There's only a few. Just to give you a picture of where we are. So if we could flip on to the next one. So that's Skopje. That's the capital city of Macedonia where we live. And we're over in this bit here, which you will now see a bit closer up on the next one. There we go. See, clever, eh? Um, I spent hours on Google Images doing this. 
So this is this is the main area where we live, and you've you've essentially got probably probably less than a than a kilometre because they do kilometres in your in, in Europe, don't they? Is is that you know that's probably a couple of kilometres round, I'd say at least, um, and that's where we live. We're we're over in this part, but in there, that is our community, and. Um, you can see it, it's beautiful actually because it's one of the few areas of the city where you've got all this green space although that's marked as a road it's actually just a path so you've got all this space that kids can go all of these apartment buildings and if we if we just flip to the next one so this is actually our main area of, of community now in in a block that size actually that is ours no yeah we live in this one um, and uh, we're, we're currently not home. There's a thousand pounds in cash under the mattress if you're, the, uh, um, if you're watching this on YouTube or anything. Um, if you imagine there's 32 apartments in that block alone, so when you multiply out through there, it, although geographically there to there is probably less than a five minute walk, it's an enormous housing estate that we're, we're trying to. Um, trying to reach and trying to connect with as a family and we've had some successes we've had some joys i don't know if you want to talk a bit about that because katie really pioneered this part of the work um uh, just connecting with people in the local community because she's better at that than i am so <laughs> okay i'm not sure i am um, yeah so we spend a lot of time there there's a football pitch and if you get to know my son a little bit today, you'll realize that he loves football. And he is known as like Manchester boy or England boy in our community. Everybody knows them because we're the only foreigners that live here that are not married to, into Macedonia. There's two other Americans that we happen to know as well, but they're both married to a Macedonian wife. Um, so we spend loads of time here and the community really lends for getting to know people. Nobody has a garden. So we're all outside there, um, sort of every time apart from winter, really, because winter gets really smoggy, so people are not out as much. Um, but yeah, we just go, we'll sit and have coffee. You'll see like the older ladies sat together chatting, watching all the kids and making sure they're behaving. Um, we're often told that we're not putting our kids in enough clothes or that the kids are doing something they shouldn't do by the older ladies. And you've got the older guys sort of playing chess together, having a few beers. Like it's just that sort of community. And we spend every day really, don't we? Let's well, really about every day outside there just with the neighbors. We've realized in Macedonia that relationships are so important. They're not gonna trust you to begin with. We're, there's, there's a real importance of friends and family and deep connections. So a lot of our time is, well, a lot of my time is literally drinking coffee and letting the kids play while chatting to the neighbors. It's really hard. That's now why I love Macedonia. Um, yeah, so we spent loads of time there and we've got to know two families in particular. Um, one of which is uh, from an Orthodox background, but she's walked away from the church because of the corruption that she's seen inside uh, the church that she was part of. And we've spent a lot of time talking about Jesus. It was like every time we saw her, every conversation was about Jesus. She was like, can I ask you this question? Can I ask you this question? Well, what about this? Why do you believe that? So we're, we spend so much time with them just processing stuff as we go about the day-to-day -day business of life. Uh, and there's another family there as well that she is a, I would say a strong Orthodox believer 
and where we live, we're seen as a bit like the Jehovah's Witnesses are seen here. We're seen as a cult. And often people will warn other people away from us in our neighborhood. So both of these neighbors have been warned not to spend time with us, but thankfully they haven't listened to the advice. Um, yes, yeah, so we've just spent a lot of time breaking down those barriers about like why we believe what we believe. Do we believe the actual Bible? All of that sort of thing. So it's one of those things that's an ongoing uh, work really um, and we've seen success one of the ladies I started reading the bible with there's another one who was you know we every time I see her we've just got another sort of question to ask her about the orthodox church she's the one who is orthodox so we we get into process well what does it mean to pray through the saints what does it mean to light a candle for the dead all of these questions that I actually don't really know the answer to that she's explaining and as we're doing that we're starting to understand no, we don't. Why she likes candles then. Why they put food on the grave when somebody's died and things like that. So as we're processing and asking her questions about this, it's just been a really good time to understand each other and explain what it means to have the love of Jesus and what it means to be set free by Jesus. So we haven't, like we said, we haven't seen the big amazing stories in this community yet, but I would say not long ago I wasn't very well and the amount of food and medicine that was brought for me when I wasn't very well just shows how welcomed we're becoming in that community isn't it and I think not being able to come back this past couple of years has actually just helped us to embed in that a lot more as well which has been been a blessing out of a, a, a disappointment really hasn't it in that sense I think as well What's been fabulous is when Jesus sends people out, he talks, doesn't he, about the people of peace that welcome you into their communities and uh, open their doors and feed you, which we have seen. Um, yeah, but these people that Katie's talking about, they have helped us then also, unbeknownst to them, to build further bridges into the community. Uh, I remember last summer there was a family, um, again, uh, the lady in the family, she's Macedonia, her husband's from Estonia, and they were visiting from Qatar, where they live. Was it Qatar? One of those places. I think it was Qatar, but yeah. Dubai. Because the other people are from Qatar. Um, and uh, they were visiting over from Dubai, where they lived, to, just to visit family, but they were doing the whole summer in, in Skopje. And we were introduced to them. We then got invited around to their house, which isn't in our area. It's in a posher area with a pool. Wow. So we got there. They made pizza for us and, and, and you know, fed us. But they're now back in Dubai. In that time, we had an opportunity to share some of our story with them, some of the gospel message with them, some of the truth of how Jesus changed our lives. And we're unlikely to see them again, but we don't know the impact of those things. And I wanted to share that with you because actually sometimes we look at the measurables, don't we? We look at the, well, you've been there for this time. How many people have become Christians? And some people have. How many people are doing this? How many people are doing that? But sometimes I think, and I'm not just talking about us, I'm talking about all of us, the family of God, we don't know the impact of those little conversations here and there. You know, those people might become Christians in a couple of years' time, and again, we won't know that, but something we've been able to contribute to their journey. Do you want to add anything in? I was going to say you should share about your fruit and veg shop. Yes, I shall share about the fruit and veg shop. Fruit and vegetables. Which fruit and veg shop? <laughs> 
There are, for some re reason, I seem to keep connecting with people who run fruit and vegetable shops. Um, I don't know why. If you run a fruit and vegetable shop, please come and see me at the end, and uh, there might be a connection. I don't know. Um, so up here, up here in the, at the top, there is a fruit and veg shop, and it's not the one I tend to go to normally, but one evening I was just wandering in, and we needed some bananas, and I was just like, I can't be bothered to walk further, I'll just go here and get the bananas. And I got chatting to this guy that ran it, who is a Muslim, and um, it, was, it was fabulous because we, we were just talking, and um, I said, I said, would you mind, I don't really know much about what Muslims believe, so I said, would you mind if I just sort of come round to your shop sometimes and have a, ask you some questions? He was like, yeah. Yeah, go for it. And so we've just been able to build this connection with this other family, just off the basis of going, can I just come and listen to you for a bit? Can I just come and, and hear what you've got to say, hear a bit about your story, hear a bit about your life? And they've become really, really good friends to the point where one day the, some of our other stuff got cancelled, ended up with a free day. And I felt God tell me to go around there and uh, take them a takeaway coffee, which I did. Ended up spending three hours in the shop, helping them out around the shop. They bought me lunch, and we had a fabulous time of just connecting, and, 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 and this is it. There are people who you realize just, and it will be the same in this community here, just want to feel listened to, just want to feel loved, just want to feel like somebody actually cares about them, and they are pathways to the gospel, I believe. You know, that sometimes we're so quick, and I think this is one of the challenges, this is one of the, the things we've had to break down in Macedonia, is there's an expectation upon missionaries, and people are wary of us, because they think we're going to come in guns blazing. And I'm not suggesting we hide the gospel, I'm not suggesting we deny who we are. From day one, we have been very clear who we are, and why we are here, and, and, and I was very clear with those guys. You know, we're not hiding anything, we're not denying anything, but... Sometimes we, we go in with our, right, I've got I've to get this across. And, and actually that can create a barrier. And so we're just trying to go in a bit more gently. And what we're finding is as we do that then, we're actually accepted into a community because that is a place where community matters an awful lot. Go for it. I would have put ourselves as the all guns blazing type before we went to Macedonia. Still <laughs> we still are a little bit, but I think it's one of those things of asking the Lord, what what is it that this particular person needs? And I think you were saying like, what does that in what does it mean to have an individual God that that He knows the personality of the person you're speaking to? He knows the culture that you're speaking to in ways that you don't understand. And I think one of the things that we're learning that I think is applicable where we are in Macedonia, but also here, is that we don't know the full story, but he does. So it's asking him, like, what is it this person needs? Like, this guy that Ian met with, he, you went in there saying, you know, I really feel like I should just go and listen to this guy. And I think it was the first time you'd, with anybody we've met in Macedonia where you've really sat back and gone, no, God wants me to listen to this man, yeah. to ask him questions and listen. And I think it's just one of the things we've learned is to be more adaptable yes. and think yeah. differently rather than... Because sometimes you can have a strategy, can't you? If I do this approach, this will work. And this is the, the method. But the Holy Spirit is there. He's here for a reason, isn't he? And he wants to lead and guide us and show us sometimes we do this, sometimes we do that, as long as we're making sure we're staying true to who, who he is and explaining the truth. It's we've just got to learn to do what he's saying in each moment. Yeah, yeah. Your thumb's about to drop.
gift from this young lady. Um, so I'm just going to take a couple of minutes to tell you a bit about when we go guns blazing with Mission. Um, because another part of what we do is um, not, not in our community, but actually what we do is we take, we work, we partner with a church over in um, Macedonia that we're part of. And part of our role, they've got two churches, one in Skopje where we are and one in a town called Steep that I know obviously you guys have got a history with Macedonia before our time. So you've probably heard of, of Steep. Um, it's about an hour away. Um, and part of what our role is is actually to support and empower the local church in mission and evangelism and, and the mission that God's called them to. And we've done a variety of different things. Before COVID, we were actually doing a, a, an outreach at a drug rehabilitation centre, which wasn't our idea. That was somebody from the church who wanted to do that and needed help. So we said, yeah go on we'll jump on board with that and we'll train and we'll support uh, that and at the moment one of the things that we do is we go down once a week down to this town called Steep and partner with a young oh, young man he's in his 30s how old am I that I'm saying a chap in his early 30s is a young man called Goran who is incredibly um, keen to see his town reached for Christ but again just needs a bit of a leg up and a bit of support and he's one that everybody knows him um, you know you're walking around steep and he's saying hello to every third person you know he's that kind of guy um, and he's fabulous but what what we do with that is we do more of a street evangelism focus because really what this is about and we've we've taken people from Skopje before now to join in with this as well uh, to help train them up um, is really what this is about is how can we help you to share your faith? How can we help you to then create something that can then be built in steep that ideally then we can be a bit more hands off with? And um, so we've connected with this woman who runs a fruit and vegetable stall. It's quite, it's quite amazing. And we, we just spent some time and uh, just going around uh, offering, you know, we'd, we'd weekly see her, offer to pray for her, um, which she would be open to. Her husband sadly passed away last um, March, it was. Um, and so she's really having a tough time because she's now having to run the shop by herself from pretty much from 7 a.m. till 9 p.m., um, seven days a week. It's tough for her. And so she really appreciated us just stopping by. And we'd stop by there for maybe anything from 10 minutes to an hour sometimes and just chat and just, you know, and we'd offer to pray for it. We'd share some scriptures with her. And sometimes we'd bring coffee or food or whatever. And then we, you know, we, we obviously shared again a bit about our faith. And then one day um, I just felt challenged to say to her, um, Valentina, what do you think happens when you die? <laughs> you know, Use that question when you're reaching out to people, but use it sensitively. Um, but it's a valid question to ask because that is ultimately a question that we've all got to address, isn't it? What do you think is going to happen when you die? And she said, well, I'll go to heaven. And I said, oh, brilliant. How do you know? And she said, well, I'm a good person. I was baptized in the Orthodox Church. I was, you know, I help people. I'm kind. I'm nice. I've not done any serious crimes or anything like that. And I said, well, it's really good that you've not done those things or that you have done the good things but do you know that that isn't what's going to get you to heaven Valentina I said I said but actually if you want to would you like to have an assurance that you're definitely going to heaven that when you die that will be your destination and because actually Jesus gives us that assurance and, and I shared the gospel message with her and she went all right thanks and I was like oh, okay 
well, you know, there we go. And so we chatted for a little while, and then at the end of our time together, we did what we always do and go, well, you know, can we pray for you before we go? Is there anything particular you'd like us to pray for you for? And she just said, I want that assurance. I want, you told me about I could be assured that I was going to heaven, and I want that assurance. And so we were able to pray with her, to lead her, to receive Christ. And what's been fabulous is the way that she's then grown um, since then, we've been meeting with her. We've been then sort of challenging her and saying, would you pray for us, please? You know, and she's been open to do that and willing to doing that. Uh, still struggling to connect with the wider church because of the, the work commitments. And bless her, sadly, she's, she's actually trying to pay off the medical bills of the husband who died. And, and that, for me, just feels really unjust. It's like, you're paying for this. It didn't work. You know, the treatment, whatever, and I know that's, that can be the case regardless, but it almost just feels especially unjust when it's something that the, the poor gentleman died. But we know, I don't think we ever met the husband. Um, and, but there was one day, I don't know if you want to mention this, just to give them a rest from my voice, when Katie and the kids came along as well, and it was probably my favourite time that we've had with her. So I heard about Valentina every week <laughs> for ages and never got to meet her. Um, and there was a day that me and the kids decided to go with Ian. And I mean, I don't know what she's normally like when she greets you, but I don't think she greets you with the same joy that she greeted the kids. She came like running over to them, literally took them by the hand, took them to the shop and bought them some chocolate, which made my kids happy. Um, and was she really... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so she just really welcomed in it, them in, and it was like she became part of the family. And she was just kept talking about the joy that people had and seeing. Well, it was like a, she, was, she saw God in the family, didn't she? So she, she kept talking about this, and I know Ian's reflected on it since, that that was almost like a stepping stone into a deeper relationship with her and for her to see what it looks like to follow Jesus as a, as a family. Um, and the kids have been since, haven't they? And I think she just really values that being part of a family. And, you know, if, you, if you're going to be praying for us at any point, please be praying for us to know how to direct her into be part of a church where she is, because we really feel that's the next, well, it's an important step for anybody, isn't it? To be part of a community of believers, not just some people visiting once a week. So we would really love to see her connected, wouldn't we? And to, for her to grow in her understanding of God and to, to work that faith out with other people because we can't just do it on our own. So, yeah, but it was, it was amazing to meet her. How long have we got, Kev? Shall I let you do your bit now? You can stay if you want. You might want to add to it. I'll shout from the side. All right, then. Do you want to All right. Your congregation probably hate it when you say that. Then they're like, yeah, go on as long as you want. Everyone's sitting there going, I want a cup of tea. Kev, you should have just said five minutes. We wanted to just share something with you that a learning, really, from Scripture about mission that we've learned over the past, uh, well, it was sort of a bit of a revelation, really, but it's been really useful, and I hope it'll be helpful for you as you do that, because I told you a little bit about my, my Muslim friend, and one of the things I really love doing is having these discussions with him. So, for example, I never knew this, but his understanding is the Bible is a valid book and is an important book however it's been changed over the years and and been been twisted to um to what humans want it to believe and actually his understanding is that the quran sort of corrects that uh, for want of a better way of putting it and i love having these discussions and i was like okay so where are all the original copies then 
You know, like if there, if there, if there has been a change, um, then where, where were the where were the bits? Because you know the, we can de- we can trace the origins of scripture right back to just a few years after the death of of, uh, of Christ. So, you know, what, what's what's this all about? And so I love these debates and these discussions. And if you're a bit like me when you're trying to connect with people who don't know Christ, you you maybe enjoy doing that as well. And I've always enjoyed that. But in the midst of this time with with my friend Mohammed. God really challenged me on something that these things are great, but what he and what everybody else needs is actually that revelation, a revelation of who God is and the love that he has for him. If you've got a Bible with you, have a quick look at Matthew chapter 11. Um, and in, I'm just going to read just a couple of verses, but then we'll skip, we'll skip sort of through Matthew 11 as well during this next sort of hopefully no more than 10 minutes. It says, Jesus replied, so sorry, before we do that, I should probably just say that the context is that John the Baptist is in prison and he's sending a messenger to Jesus to kind of go, uh, Jesus, is it, are you actually the Messiah? Like, uh, is it definitely you? And Jesus replies and he says, go back to John Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Now Jesus is presenting evidence there, isn't he? He's saying, hey, this is the evidence of the Messiah, and we see in Luke chapter 4, I'm not going to read it, but in Luke chapter 4, Jesus reads the, the stuff where he quotes from Isaiah 61 about what the Messiah will do, talks about, you know, proclaiming good news to the poor, recovery of sight for the blind, all those things. So Jesus is kind of saying, look, look, John, you know, you know as well as anybody else, probably better than anybody else, what the Messiah is going to be like. And, you know, says it's going to be, Isaiah says this, this is, this is what I'm doing. You know, come to your own conclusion. And, and yes, Jesus is the one. And, and, and he fulfills that prophecy. But Later on in Matthew 11, um, Jesus says this. He says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except for the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And that's Matthew eleven twenty five to 27. You see, Jesus speaks of revelation, whom the Son chooses to reveal. So it's, it's about, you know, we need to pray that people get that revelation because otherwise... They're just making an intellectual decision. Just, and I don't want people to just make an intellectual decision that actually, yes, on the evidence, probably Jesus is the Messiah. Yes, there probably is a God. Actually, what we need is for people to have that revelation. And I, I'm all for, you know, Peter tells us, doesn't he, we need to give an answer for the hope that we've got. And it's really important that we're able to explain our faith. But I want to, the, the reason why I wanted to share it is because I wanted to encourage us today to um, pray that people 
who maybe we're trying to connect with, maybe people in our community would have that revelation so that when you're all stood there on Good Friday, and here's a thought, if the council say no, there's nothing to stop you all turning up on the square with sandwiches and singing songs together, is there? But I didn't say that, and I won't be in the country when it happens. So if you're getting trouble, nothing to do with me. Um, you know, people will get that revelation, not just, oh, here's some lovely Christians singing their traditional Good Friday songs, because that's what Christians do on Good Friday, and maybe uh, there's a big cross, but actually that revelation of what is the message of the cross it's that message of love. And I want to read you another bit from Matthew 11. And, and I, to be honest, I was in two minds as to whether I'd, I'd even do this bit this morning. But we sang a song about it. So I thought, well, I'll, read, I'll, I'll talk about it. Jesus says in Matthew 11:28, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And you know, we, Jesus is calling people into relationship. And more than all the ability to explain away, you know, theological truths and have apologetic debates, which as I say, I love doing, Jesus is clear. He's calling us into a relationship for people to come to him, for people to be accepted by him for people to know that they're loved and that's really our heart in what we're trying to do you know like we said with some of these people we're connecting with in the local community with Valentina in Steep that they know that what they're invited into is a relationship with him and yes there's a cost to following Christ but right the way from the very beginning of scripture we see the theme of relationship running through and we our heart and if you could pray you know for for us but also i believe god's heart for bewbush is that people have that revelation that what he desperately wants to do more than anything else is have a relationship with the people jesus isn't bothered about church numbers he's bothered about relationship and that people would know that revelation of love that he's invited you know we live in a world that is weary don't we we live in a world that is is struggling and the only hope is in christ and so i just want to encourage us today you know not everybody needs you know and a revelation you know revelation can come from all sorts of different things can't it it doesn't it doesn't have to be um you know, a Paul on the road to Damascus, blinding light sort of scenario. You know, revelation can come through lots of ways and how we demonstrate that love to each other. Like I said about my, my friend, uh, Mohammed, uh, last November was my birthday and I really wanted him to share in my birthday celebrations. But like a lot of people in Macedonia who run their own businesses, like he does small business, he's working all day, every day. And so he wouldn't be able to come. So we all turned up with cake at his shop. Um, and I'd, I'd said in advance, you know, look, I want you to celebrate my birthday with me. I know you can't come. Can we, can we come to you? You know, and all of those things, so, that, so the practical things do help reveal the love of God. But what matters is that in their hearts, that we, you know, in all of our hearts, we receive that revelation. We're called into relationship. It's a revelation of the love of God. And so I want to encourage you, you know, that's something I've learned. And if I'm honest, I wrote these notes a 
actually a couple of months back because uh, we've had quite a lot of engagements in different churches and I didn't want to just give you the you know anybody just thought oh well this is our standard thing for all the churches we're visiting I wanted to do something that that I felt was right for each church and I, I, I felt for you guys here that reminder you are called into that relationship and that's Jesus' first priority for you but as you're praying for those that you're connecting with in this in this community remember that what they need is that revelation of the love of Christ that they're invited into relationship with him and there's so much more we could talk about with that but I think that's what I want to encourage you with today Jesus invites you into relationship and he that's what we need to be hoping for yes let's have those acts of love yes let's be willing to defend our faith and explain our faith but let's pray that those we're connecting with have that revelation of that who God is and what he's inviting them to so I don't know should, would you like me to pray do you want to what would what would you like to do should I pray for us? should we stand up And I just wonder today, as, as we are praying, maybe you today need that reminder of that revelation of God's love. Maybe you today need a reminder. Maybe you're feeling burdened by stuff. Maybe life is just getting a bit much. Maybe you feel like your identity is based on what you're doing rather than who you are. You know, and it's so easy to fall into that. You know, of course we're called to serve. Kev said that early on, we're all called to serve each other as part of a family, but our identity in doing so comes from what Jesus did for us. And maybe today there are people in this room that just need a reminder that actually your relationship with Jesus is what matters to him the most. You're loved, you're accepted, you're adopted into his family. You know, you're invited round the table. So, Father, I just thank you for the opportunity to come this morning and, and just share and speak with these guys here in Bewbush, Lord. And, and you know, we love them so much. It, it, honestly, I've had such a fabulous morning already. And, and, Lord, I just thank you for them. And I pray today that they would have a fresh revelation, firstly, of the love you have for them, of who you are. Like we sang in that song, remind ourselves of who God is and who we are. Go back to that relationship. And Lord, I pray that this morning that we would all have that fresh revelation. But Lord, as we go from this place, as we go to our communities, as we go maybe into work, maybe later today or tomorrow or, or, or whenever, as, as for those of us who aren't in employment, as we go to whoever it is that we're going to be with, Lord, I pray that we would carry with us the revelation of that truth and that others would receive that, that others would know that what you're calling them to is a relationship with you, to lift their burdens and to welcome them into the family. And I just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.